This is for the nerds. This is for the brainiacs. This is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it, man. I know it, I know. Today, the rundown will be poker cheating, how to play jacks, how to play ace-queen, more poker hands, possible hands, poker solvers, all kinds of poker talk today for all you that have a lot of requests. And then, of course, we'll have a little bit of a political debate towards the end of the show. So if you tune in that far, you're already committed. We put a ring on it. And that's the name of the show. Of course, it is myself, Christian Soto, your co-host for this wonderful afternoon. And now we have our, uh, our own problem solver, Matt Berkey. Welcome, of course. So, I feel like cheating in poker has a little bit of an allure to it, though. Like, some, of, some people feel like it's, like, part of the game. Some people feel like, I got you, you got, you know, like, I got you, you didn't get me. Kind of the old school, like, Dole Brunson. Like, Dole Brunson is viewed as, like, an OG, a legend, the godfather. But he openly admits, like, like bro, like, back in the day, you know, it was a little bit different. It was a little bit different. Like, you know, sure. you had to get them before they got you. He was strapped, too, all the time. You don't know about that. Well, his favorite poker story is watching a guy get his head blown off. Yeah, it wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the whole thing. That's the whole deal. All right. I want to start with a little bit of a, like, more of a comedic relief before we get into the, the whole big deal. So let's, uh, let's play one of the OG videos from back in the day. One of the more legendary videos uh, on how to play pocket jacks. These jacks here in late position, I chose to call because I had a couple aggressive players here and I just want to be sure there aren't any big cards up there. A conservative style rock player here, as it's showing in my tournament indicator, has bet out 600 into the pot. It's 2100. I'm just going to shove it all in. I know he's too tight. He can't call me here unless he has aces or kings. I think he's... Uh, Oh, a tight player. Well, he called it all in on a draw. Fuck. Oh, off. Wrong fucking Jack. Oh, shit. Jacks are tough, man. Jacks are really tough because they're not, you know, in the distribution of EV of all the available hands. It's in the higher EV and it over-realizes its equity. But your opponent has a lot of equity share, too. And that's what he was trying to accomplish right here. He was trying to flat and then push him off the equity. But it didn't work because the guy had a lot of equity. <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a tough spot. It doesn't have that much of the pie. Uh -huh. You know, it has like 52. Sure. And then you have to push the guy off 48. And in this spot, the guy was actually a favorite. Yeah. Right. So it's all fun and games. But there was actually one little piece there that I do want to uh, kind of talk about to like bring us into this topic, which is... You know, we were paying attention to the Jack stuff, right? Like, and, and stuff like that. But under that, he had some, he had a software that was like kind of telling him where he lands in his M, what the other, like a little bit of a addition to like, hey, you probably should shove here. You probably should do this here. Things like that. And this was like, you know, almost 20 years ago at this point. So it's nothing that we would consider today as being, uh, you know, cheating. But the software has gotten better, right? And we've gotten to a point where maybe there's software out there that's actually telling you what to do in a more complex situation. And we've seen some of those videos uh, come out. So I want to play that video as well uh, of what people would call now a real-time solver. All right. So what we're seeing here is this player is playing on GG. He has ace-10 suited. He, the real-time solves on the right side of the screen. And it's pretty much telling him, like, okay, this is like a pure raise. Uh, now he flops the king high flush, and I, I'm sorry, the ace high flush. And he's going to get analysis on what to do here. And we see the solver uh, effectively is playing ace 10 suited. So now he's choosing this sizing. Gets called. Now we're seeing the jack of diamonds on the turn. The so solver. Pure bet. The solver gives him a new output. He chooses what the solver says, and the player folds. Man, I wish I had this when I was growing up. I mean, to be fair, that's not a solver. It's not a solver, but it's definitely helping. Yeah, it's, it's real-time assistance. Um, what you're seeing there is effectively uh, an interface that is tapping into a bunch of pre-solved spots. 
and basically just combing through that database to give you one simple solution. So if you look, you could choose between, uh, I think you could only offer it one bet size, but there were a plethora of bet sizes that you could choose. He had it set to half pot, which seems pretty reasonable. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this is bad, but this is just botting. This is how bots function. Mm-hmm. You know, they just scrape screens for data and then run through pre-solved spots and come up with solutions. The difference between this and botting is you can do botting at scale and play infinite. Uh, this is going to be probably reductive to maybe like a couple of tables at most, but this is going to be nearly impossible to detect. And it's only 20 bucks a month. I was going to get to that. I was going to get to that. Okay. So this, this, let's go through the progression of, of things that people use, right? In real time. So it started out with the how to play jacks, which is, you know, it was kind of funny. And he had like the M, the M thing going in real time. People I know for sure play with uh, the Razor Edge real time preflop solves. You have your screen here and you have the, the Razor Edge screen here. Mm-hmm. And you plug in like MP, 30 big blinds, uh, your raise size, and it gives you the, the hands you raise, right? And then it also gives you like if you get three bet, like you plug in your stack size, his stack size, and it'll give you the defense range, right? Or that for for, for your positions and stuff like that. That's uh, you know like we're we're teetering on like no, it's cheating. You know like that's no, cheating. So it's literally cheating. Like if you showed up to a live realm and you didn't have that available to you, your skill set just declines drastically. Yeah. So it's like I think we're teetering when we're talking about snapshot because it's like. The information that it's providing you is so limited and granular Mm. uh, that I think that, you know, you still have to deduce a fair amount when you're looking at it. It doesn't consider ICM. It doesn't consider, uh, you know, future game simulations and all this other stuff. But, like, when you're talking about, like, pre-solved things like this, uh, you know, maybe it's not cheating for online because this is available to everybody. But if you separate the two worlds and you now... Take that online person who uses these tools and softwares to operate their day-to-day job and you put them and send them down into a live arena where they can't do that any longer. They're fucked. Like, they're fucked. And it's not its not an indictment against them as a player. It's not saying they're talentless. It's not saying that the live player is better or anything along those lines. It's just simply saying that you're reliant upon a machine to tell you how to do your job. And if you could, you would just be replaced. You would automate yourself, mm. right? Like if you didn't, if if that wasn't the line of demarcation from where people considered themselves to be a cheater or not a cheater, they would just automate the person clicking the button. They would just bot it, right? Because that's all that's happening. The only difference is that a human being is the one implementing. There's no skill in reading and output and acting. That's just botting. There was some accusations that Linus was doing this uh, at the high stakes before. Mm-hmm. Those were redacted or at least calmed down. The flames calmed down. But, you know, I've had some conversations with some really high stakes regs and they say like, no, that happened. Yeah. Like that, that, that was a thing. Uh, I'm sure his program was not as simple as this one, mm-hmm. given that, you know, Linus is a top tier pro using multiple bet sizes, multiple strategies. So, you know, this for $20 a month, pretty good. But I'm sure in the black market, there's way better um, softwares out there. Yeah, even just individually, I'm sure that you could hire a developer to do a better job just for yourself. mm -hmm. And it's worth a lot. It's worth a lot of money. If If the average person isn't using this type of software and you're playing against the average person, you're sucking up whatever win rate they possibly had. Uh, so for these big field events, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be worth a lot of EV whenever, whenever the bottom lines all shake out at the high stakes. I don't know. Maybe just everybody uses it. Maybe, maybe in order to get to the high stakes, you have to have this type of overlay. Do you think this happens in the games you're playing on WSOP? Yeah. Um, I think it's less likely just because they're a regulated market, but they also use 888 software, which I wouldn't trust as far as I can throw it. So, yeah, there's definitely some shady things going on. 
for sure. I, I'm sure people are breaking TOCs all the time. It's just a matter of how well can they police it and how quickly do they shut those accounts down? And we don't know because that's not public. Let's talk about back before things were as open as this. Like we all heard stories of the dream machine, the machine that nobody knows of all the, all the gives you all the good answers. According to the, to the legend, it was, uh, Ike Haxton that had it and maybe he built it. Maybe he didn't, but he knows all the answers. And still today, Ike Hexton knows all the answers. Everybody still thinks that Ike Hexton knows all the answers. And he probably does know all the answers. So if you built the dream machine, you have to have a pretty good idea of how the answers are derived. Allegedly, he built the dream machine. So the dream machine, we don't know, we don't know what it is, but we assume it's a solver, mm -hmm. right? It was a solver before Pio. It was a solver before uh, all the other solvers out there, a simple pulse flop and all this stuff, right? Now we've got to a point where there is like these real-time uh, solver-ish programs. Linus allegedly has a real-time solver, that of which we don't know. It's like the modern dream machine. So is this just something that we should uh, like accept? Like, okay, like your machine is better than my machine online. So like you like win, you win because you have a better machine. Like your internet yeah. connection is like this is how this is what happened to high frequency day trading you have fiber yeah fiber I, optics and yeah. i have uh dial up right the the high frequency day traders fell by the wayside they don't exist anymore because it's all being handled through automation now and it's just an arms race for who can get the best technology mm -hmm. who can run fiber optics through the mountains and get it to places that they otherwise couldn't and you know it's going to be the same thing i've been i've been saying this for as long as this vlogcast has existed Online is dystopian. It is headed down a self-destructive path where sooner than later, the, the dumb money will stop showing up and it's simply going to be an arms race for technology between those who remain. There's literally no incentive outside of the fact that you don't have to leave your house to play online if you're a non-professional. And if you're a professional, there's no incentive not to bend the rules. You have to compete. And the only way to compete is to ensure that you are getting top of the line software. So part of scaling to high stakes is probably looking into independent software that is going to help you in real time. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate because that's not talent. And that's not to say that those people scaling aren't talented. They probably would transition to live and do incredibly well because even through the assistance, you're still learning a lot. You're still repetitively playing you know, close to optimal. And going through that repetitive process is going to instill into you what you're supposed to do. Like you're going to recognize patterns. You're going to recognize tendencies that the solver likes and doesn't like, et cetera. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're not curating talent from nothing. You're not actually deducing how these solves are coming to be. And I'm sure that that's happening also. Um, but the point is, is that it's an unfair edge right now because it's not available to everybody. So that makes it an arms race. Right. That makes it a fat, like, like the best way to ensure elite is to be the one who has the superior software. Chat's blowing up on Linus, man. They don't want us. They don't want us accusing Linus. I didn't accuse Linus of anything. I, I don't did. know. I, 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 I don't said know fucking anything about Linus. I said allegedly that uh, he might have the real time solver. And then they went, don't say allegedly. Don't accuse people of this stuff. And I was like, well. I wasn't the first one that accused him. There was a, there was a, there was a wide thread on two plus two. There was a video by my man finding equilibrium on it. There was a bunch of people that said this potentially could be happening. Now, is he not a great player? Of course he's a great player. Is he not one of the best players in the world? Of course he's one of the best players in the world. Does he have a real time solver? I don't know. Did Ike have the dream machine? Probably. Was he, did he suck? No. <laughs> is he not great? Ike is great. What the fuck? You can be great and still cheat. Like it's not it's not as if like they're different. Right. Like, you know, what the fuck, man? Is Phil Ivy not great? Yes, he's great. Did he get did he get caught cheating? Probably. He cheated in the baccarat or whatever. Like Brigado don't want to pay. Well, him. the thing is it's your all your definition, right? So like what Ivy was doing was edge sorting. Yeah. And and it's not by the gambler's definition, it's not cheating, right? It's seeing an edge and taking it down. I agree. I don't think Ivy cheated. Right, but like we could say the same thing about online. Mm -hmm. This 
the, this real-time assistance, it's not able to be policed. I don't know that there's clear language stating that it's against the TOCs. And even if it were, like, you know, those get played fast and loose all the time. We talk about ghosting. We talk about, you know, the thing that happened with Jungle Man and Perkins and that whole group. It's like, where's the line drawn? And who's policing it? It seems like it's everybody's own moral efficacy that is determining whether or not they should go forward. And like when we hear that jungle man is out there uh, playing on someone else's account, which is an obvious breach in TOCs and an obvious huge edge for him. And then it gets like, you know, watered down by saying like other people were doing it. Right. It's like, okay, well then like, we just don't care. Mm -hmm. We just don't care. We don't want to see our heroes fall. And we're willing to accept the fact that any by any means necessary, it's okay to gain an edge. And that's fine if that's the way we're going to go about this. But understand, online poker won't exist in five years. That's what I'm saying. I, I think a lot of people think the way Doyle Brunson thinks. Where it's like, bro, it's either me or you. They and only think that way when it selfishly helps them. right? When they're the victim, they don't think that way. Mm. But like in a situation where it's like nobody's going to be able to police this, I'm going to pick up a little extra EV by doing this, and you know I might be able to rise from this level to this level by by putting myself in a position where it looks like I'm doing it all off the back of my own hard work. And it's just like, why not? What's the risk versus reward? The risk is so minimal. It's so tiny. The reward is so massive. The incentives all align to where people should be pursuing real-time solves. They should be pursuing real-time assistance. We already allow it with HUDs. How crazy is it that we allow? We've just openly said, it's fine. You guys can data scrape. Yeah. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. It's moving away, though. We're, we're starting to move away from the HUDs. We're, you know, WSOP doesn't have HUDs. Uh, party they don't have legal HUDs. Right. Party Poker has done away gone away with huds there's workarounds people are yeah. still using huds i agree but now it's cheating right now if you use a hud yeah, yeah. but it's just like you know how do you catch them because most of most of the workarounds are done through screen scraping so it's like until you can put an end to that this stuff is just going to take place and you know i don't know man i don't know what's worse creating an imbalance of cheaters versus people who are unwilling to break the rules or just saying like everything is fair game and then letting the whole thing just cannibalize itself. That's the thing. Because it's like a lot of people, you know, saying like, oh, well, you know, when you lose, you, you're just like, you just say you're, you're being cheated. You know, I think a lot of people use that argument. But it's like right now, like on the screen, we just put up like someone's literally using a real time solver. Yeah. At like the smallest it. stakes. Right. That's the thing is, is people say it because they don't have any confidence that they're not being cheated. And that's the problem. If you can't create a secure environment where people are certain that when they lose, it's a it's a byproduct of variance or their own poor play, then yeah, you're going to end up with unhappy customers. Like more so now than ever, I think the crotchety old man from 2003 who was like, I don't trust online poker, it's a scam, is getting a lot closer to right. The technology is just advancing faster than the security of these sites is willing to keep up. Okay. So in the name of HUDs, there's player there's there's multiple ways, right? Where it's like some people, like some sites, like you roll over the person's name and it'll say like like or it'll give like a like a picture of something like yeah. a rock or like yeah. a thing or whatever. Sure. Then we have the kind of like the Phil Goffon side where it's like it also has like a I like what a, they did a thing, right? Yeah. Um and then there's the WSOP side where it's like, there's nothing. Yeah. Right. Then there's the full blown stars way where it's like, you get everything, you get all the stat, all the data. Where do you think people like it should fall on the spectrum uh, where it's like nothing or everything? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing is, I really like the WSOP model, but I can understand the pushback in the sense of, uh, it feels bad that we can't collect our own personal data. Mm. So like, it feels bad that we can't just have, like if I'm going to play a million hands in a year, I would like to be able to come through them and study them. But I'm also, but then again, like secondary to that, I come from a live background where it's like, well, 
nobody's fucking offering me data collection in the live realm. Mm -hmm. And uh, even if I could figure out a way to do it, if the casino deemed it to be illegal, then I'm not going to like throw a hissy fit. So like I, from a purity standpoint, from a health of the game standpoint, from the health of the ecosystem standpoint, no data collection is by far superior. Like nothing good comes from allowing people even to collect their own data. Well, a lot of people argue, you know, there's a lot of the players like Gags and 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 that group which said like all of the cheating has been found by players rather than through the data not collection. Anymore. Not and not through the through the operator. So we can't trust the operator to be the enforcer here. That's why we need the data. Uh yeah, I think that's less true in a regulated market. Um, you're not going to have a super user issue in a regulated market. And if you do, uh, we should be able to trust that they would catch something like that because they're they're working with third-party independents now, right? They have Nevada Gaming, New Jersey Gaming that they have to answer to. So it's not like Russ Hamilton can just be the owner of 888 and mm -hmm. backdoor a way in. But even if he were able to, um, you know, I, I don't think that that really functions anymore because the cheating is so much better. Like the cheating is infinitely better now than it was then. You're just not really going to catch bots through HUD stats and through uh, databases, right? Like it's going to be pretty subtle. Like what we just saw, that's not going to show up in any sort of data analysis, I don't think. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it will because he consistently only bets half pot. So maybe by that standard, like you could find the anomaly of like, oh, this player literally only uses one bet size. But there's bad players. So maybe I guess it would be like the correlation of he only uses one bet size and does well. There's been some talks that like Rob Young and and these Rob Young, Phil Nagy, effectively, when they think someone's a bot or they think someone's cheating, like they actually like call them on the phone mm -hmm. and just be like, a, tell me like your strategy of like, why'd you do this? Yeah. Et cetera. And... I mean, it seems ironic because I don't know if they're qualified to like answer those questions, but like I'm sure that the call's recorded and then they'll like hand it over to someone that actually does know these yeah. situations. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It's tough. It, it's a tough landscape. I don't know the answer. I think that the answer is somewhere along the lines of like being open with like what security measures these people have in terms of like policing this like party poker has been like relatively open with the, how they secure uh their site poker stars never open like they don't say anything about anything but we trust that their security is the best out of all of them but really why do we trust it we don't really know only because we know like they have like these big figure confiscations uh that we know so i like think that if we think about that though that's like so low level mm -hmm. they're literally catching people on vpns right like that's not fucking cracking the code. Yeah, you know, they're they're not. They're and it's not, the thing, and it's the thing that the community is the least concerned about. Right. It's not. It, you know that by all stretches of imagination is not cheating. It's just mm -hmm. you know inserting yourself into a market that you're to, like technically not allowed to be a part of. So it's just like yeah, that that from the community standpoint, we couldn't give a shit less about. Let people VPN like that's that's up to you as the operator because it's just a matter of like what retributions will you potentially have to pay if it's found out that you are accepting VPNs mm -hmm. and largely that just means you won't get into regulated markets which SARS actually is so I understand why they're hard on it. The whole point is like that's not taking money out of people's bottom line. The rampant cheating is and we never hear of anybody getting caught cheating anymore. Literally nobody. So like that's my pushback against gags is people are definitely cheating. And we don't hear about any of it. So nobody's getting caught. Nobody's combing through their database. There was recently a big thing that Nick Howard discovered uh, through a bunch of mass data analysis where he thought that there was a big cheating ring going on on uh, Bovada. But at the end of the day, they didn't prove anything and they still play there. So it's just like we, we have literally zero peace of mind. There is no comprehension of what security measures are taken. Like... The end of the day, here's the truth of the matter. Online poker is a big business and people are like doing well. Operators are doing well by keeping their customers in the dark. So whatever level of cheating they're willing to accept in order to keep their doors open, maybe it's 5%. Maybe it's 15%. Maybe it's 25%.
We don't know. We'll never know. And as long as there's no transparency or uh, exposure to the... Uh, ACR is the closest thing we see to it, right? There have been massive, massive, massive outing of botting. And the corrective measure was a few little tweaks here and there. I mean, they gave back a lot of money, though, too. Sure, they gave back a lot of money. Who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. Like, what does that matter? Right. That doesn't prevent it from happening in the future. So, like, great. They did right by their customers to some degree. We don't know to what degree, but right. to some degree. Right. So they acknowledged that it was happening. That makes it worse, in my opinion. I mean, it's better than saying it didn't happen when they're sure. But like what corrective measures has been taken? A few tweets, a few emails, a, a redistribution of funds and then a couple of software tweaks. So now all of a sudden we have peace of mind. Right. When's the next redistribution coming? Because mm. it didn't stop. Bots didn't suddenly just go, oh, shit, they're on to us. Yeah, it's over. And ACR is definitely not the only site being botted. For sure. For sure. For sure not. I, I think ACR has done better, I, I would say. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't play there that long ago, but, like, I do see, you know, while I'm playing, it'll pop up, like, prove you're not a bot, and it'll force me. Like, I'm mid-hand and shit. Like, and I'm like, God damn, I have eight tables of now I have to fill out this stupid thing. Like, click the traffic lights. And it's like, traffic light, traffic light, traffic light, submit. And it's like, oh, fuck, I missed the bottom left traffic light. And it's like, do it again. Now it's a dog. Dog, dog, dog there's a dog behind there dog and it's like verified you are a human and then now, now i get to play again yeah it's like all right well it's annoying but i appreciate it sure you know so uh yeah i mean maybe that's uh, maybe there are better or more measures being taken than i realize but also like i don't i don't know what these botting screens look like but that that doesn't seem like that would be that difficult to just like every hour on the hour check in to see if the window popped up yeah 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 i mean i it, it's it's a it's a wild world out there, man. I don't, it's crazy. Like, you know, I used to make fun of the people that were like, oh, you know, like online's rigged. And it's like, all right, it's not rigged, but like, there's definitely some weird shit going on. Uh, so, so you're right in that, that old man, maybe they were right. You know, the whole thing. Now that I look at it, man, these guys were kind of right. You know, betting for protection is back. Now all of a sudden betting for protection is a thing. Back in the day, it's like, oh, I got to bet to protect my hand. And we were all like, ha ha. That's not a thing. You either bet for value or as a bluff. <laughs> and now it's like, wait, no, you could. Well, bet that, for that's because they would bet pot with third pair. Yeah, you know, the bet sizing was wrong, but the concept was right. Sure, sure. <laughs> the bet sizing was wrong. You know, bet sizing has evolved, but they were onto it. Eventually, if we would make fun of them, they would have been like, oh, maybe I could bet smaller. Right. For the same. And then we would have been like, yo, this guy's a fucking good player. You know? <laughs> now he's just like gone with the wind somewhere. All right, well, we figured out how to play jacks there. That, that, that was the whole point of that situation. But someone that does know how to play jacks, and in the whole vein of cheating, the possible case was dismissed. And I know that everyone loves talking about this topic. And uh, so that means I'm not getting any money, and you're not getting any money. And uh, maybe we'll get some money, allegedly, from like somewhere, the sky. But... Uh, there's some classic hands from Possible mm. that, uh, you know, in memory of, I would like to, I would like to play, because now that it's dismissed, and he didn't cheat, these are some fucking amazing hands, man. These are some amazing fucking hands. The man, like I have God. to start cursing because these hands are so phenomenal that in ten years we're gonna go back and start studying these solves, mm -hmm. the Possible solves. Right. So with that said. Let's play some possible hands. All right, you see Matt Berkey, you see Christian Soto. All right. All right, so Marley flops a straight. Possible has top pair, backdoor, flush drop, and the gut shot. Marley bets 200, turns a four. It's pretty much to go check call, pure. Pot 760, double flush draw board. Marley should go pretty big. She chooses roughly 80-ish percent pot. And he just, he just, uh... What bluffs, man? What bluffs? He just folds. I'd fold too. What bluffs? Oh, uh, she could have a uh, she could have a king ten. She could have wait wait pause it pause it pause it. Okay <laughs> okay let's stop right there. She can have king ten. She can have uh, diamonds. I uh, now he does know that he blocks the queen of diamonds. That's a key card. He has an anti blocker in his mm -hmm. hand. Okay. 
Uh, she can have king 10, ace 10. She can have seven, six. She can have... Uh... This is all sounding ambitious, man. This is live poker. She has queen 10. Mm. I think him having... But he has a queen. I mean, she has queen 10 offsuit. So she can have all the queens. Yeah. So this is a strong fold. I, I actually don't... I mean, look, I think the guy was cheating. 100%. But not in this hand. No, no. I think he was cheating in this hand, too. Uh, he's too bad of a player to just check fold top pair top uh queen kicker i think if he weren't cheating he would have just bet the flop no he's the big one he defended oh that makes a little bit more sense okay um in any event i i think he's cheating i don't think this hand is the greatest example of why he's cheating okay so the, i think the, people the, make tight folds. no i understand time. the jury's out the jury's out sure. he yeah. could you know you know it's tight she bet really big yeah, yeah she's yeah. maybe she's playing a little bit bigger than normal and like you know maybe he's also playing a little bit bigger than normal he's not known to be playing 25 50 100 whatever right, right, right? Yeah. so he's like ah marginal situation right like maybe she has kings that she's just overvalued yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're just okay screwed you're completely right Berkey. and you know, I've made tight folds in my life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they look like that, you know? Yeah. And if they always filmed me, they'll be like, yo, Chin's a fucking cheater. How did he know that? That's mm -hmm. crazy. All right. So let's go to the next clip. Because every now and then people make tight folds. But people that make tight folds usually don't make, like, crazy thin value bets. That's so, true. So uh, let's see. Okay. So the game's bigger now. My man Joe B, he's going to raise to 350. And, you know, 5-4 offsuit from the button. Fuck it. You know, this guy just folded queen jack. Call. It's a good hand. He's defending the button. This is a this is a Berkey approved uh concept. But, button defense. Yeah. All right. So we're out we're in position. I believe someone else comes in this pot as well with the Jack 10. My man Good hand. My man Matt. He probably should have three bet. Uh the King King five. That's gonna give Possel the bottom pair. Checks around because meh. He could have bet for protection. But whatever. Not a range advantage board for him. All right. So Matt with the most uncapped range, he's going to bet. He's going to have a king. Bet's a little small. Sure. Yeah, but he wants to bet, you know, of why he wants to keep his range intact. He can have a queen. He can have a five. Uh -huh. He can have a draw. I get okay. It. okay. Gets called. This person can have like a queen. He can have queens full. He can have a hand like this as well. So a five here ranks to be pretty low facing a bet and a call. But when you are the GOAT, you just raise because you know exactly where you stand. And you raise to 1,300, oh, a small raise. He's betting to figure out where he's at. Oh, okay, okay. So he's betting to figure out where he's at. Yeah. You see me there looking like, what the hell's going on? How, how, there's, a, there's three people in the hand. There's only two kings on the board. So there's only two kings left. I Can we that. talk about the fact that Marley is wearing a dense hoodie, which is uh, Crystal Allen swag? <laughs> Oh no! Let's let's leave that let's leave that one uh let's leave that one alone for today. Well, that'll be next week's topic. Okay, so now uh my man with the jack ten folds, but the nut flush draw can't fold because it could dominate other draws. Sure, but the dominated draw folded. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now the river's a four. So now Possible has the three pair, and that would be that would be pretty good situation. Now he found out where he's at. He got called. Yeah. Right. Okay. So most players would just check. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but maybe he's bluffing, trying to get him off six. Okay, so he's bluffing. So maybe the trying pot, to get him to fold a queen. The pot is forty one hundred. Mm -hmm. Let's see if he's bluffing. He would choose a polarized sizing. He puts twenty five hundred. Uh, game's big. He got scared. Huh? He's hedging. You know? Okay. Okay. Let's see. He got snap called. He got called by ace high. Well, yeah. So he wasn't bluffing. I mean, maybe he was. Nah. Come on, man. Value bluff. Nah. How nah, does nah, ace nah. high call? Because he thought he was dominating the guy's draws. But dominate he thought that uh Apostle had Matt's hand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what's worse than that. Man, the ace high call is like insane. It's alleged debatable who played the hand worse. It is debatable. But that was a, a interesting uh line. Because he could have just bet the flop. Yeah. But yeah, he waited yeah. until they all picked up equity right, and then right. got value. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it got value. Two and, streets. and then on the river, he knew. He just knew, like, yo, this guy has ace high. Mm -hmm. Not a queen. Not queen's full, which plays exactly like this. 
That is the strange thing is that like, so if he wasn't bluffing River, like if he is value betting thin, which the size indicates, he can only get called by Asai. Yeah, he knew the guy had Asai. Yeah. Okay, because what other hand, what's going on? Okay, on the turn, you know, he got so greedy. On the turn, if you're a good cheater, like those bots online, Mm-hmm. You would just call the turn. Right. And be like, okay, I'm going to call the turn. And then when they all break, I'm going to superhero call the river. Yeah. Because that's what would have happened. Yeah, right. Instead, he gets greedy, raises the turn, mm-hmm. and then bets the river. And now we're talking about it because it's too crazy. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. He's an innocent man, I guess. The fact that I was sitting on that table pisses me off. <laughs> like, 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 I was there. I was at the scene of the crime. Yeah. Like, I was there at the scene of the crime. A massacre occurred. Honestly, like, I remember this. I played the most hands against him. You're brave. I didn't know. I'm getting texts from Marley. She's going, what are you doing? Stop folding to these clowns. The guy to your right is playing any two cards. I'm like, he's winning. <laughs> yeah, no shit, he's winning. I remember that hand. That hand I saw it in real time. And when he showed 5-4, my face just went blank. I was just like, what? Yeah, I'd walked away from the table and I came back to the river action where it went bet call. And I saw the hand and I'm just like, how am I stuck in this fucking game? That's tilting. That's tilting. It's like, how did he call? Like, okay, even if the guy's cheating, you still should fold. Like, you have ace. <laughs> like, like, you still have a pretty bad hand to call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, I don't, I don't know. So, one of the situations that, uh, not you know, for the people that don't want to cheat. Sure. I'm just gonna hand you this paper, and you're gonna read exactly what it says from the paper. Okay. This is highly. You're unlikely. scared, right? If you so think scared? I trust you, this well, trust me, man. You're wrong. This is all right. This is a test of trust. Mm-hmm. You have to read from the paper, okay? Guys, he wrote in fucking cursive. Can you believe in 2020, he expects me to read cursive? All right. And I quote, how do you know when to three bet ace queen off? That's real. That's the realest question you ever got. These are are the hard hitting topics we'll be covering in today's vlogcast. Listen, okay. There's a lot of different formations, okay? I'm going to, I'm just going to throw formations at you. You're going to answer them. You have, you have, let's go, go under the gut. <laughs> under the gun versus under three the three bet. Under the gun three versus three bet. Under the three gun. bet. <laughs> They're not all three. It's bet. ace queen, just three bet. What the fuck are you afraid of? Just three bet your hand. <laughs> just three bet the hand. Okay. Hold Nobody on. who's watching this is playing in a game tough enough where you have to worry about balancing your your flat call range with ace queen off. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cross this up. Under the gun versus under the gun one. You're bluffing. Wait wait. Here you go. <laughs> when you flat ace clean off from the big blind. Okay. Under so the, the button opens, opens in the big blind. The flat. button opens and the, and you're in the big blind with ace queen. Three bet. Okay. Under the gun opens and you're in the big blind with ace queen. Flat. Under the gun opens and you're on the button with ace queen. Uh I think you can flat there, but I think three betting is better. Okay. Uh middle position opens and you're in the small blind. I think three betting is better. You're 350 big blinds deep. Yeah, I still think three betting is better. You're 50 big blinds deep. I definitely think three betting is better. The whole thing with ace-queen off is that it it challenges itself to realize all of its equity. So the easiest way to achieve realization is to lower SPR and give yourself the initiative. And generally, that's going to happen through three betting. In a lot of instances, this just becomes the bottom of our three bet range when we're looking at it through the value lens. Out of position, though. Yeah, when I understand. You're, when you're deep, you don't need ace queen off a trouble hand. No, it's not. It's just not. Like good events occur if they flat with ace king. It's not that problematic because we have initiative and we're gonna win on dry textures at some frequency. And if they four bet ace king, it's not that problematic either. It's just like, okay, this was. I mean, depending on size, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it could be a five bet bluff sometimes. It could be a fold sometimes. It could be a three bet call sometimes. Wait, wait, wait. You said a five bet? Five bet bluff. Yeah. If you're 350 blinds deep, yo, I have five bet Ike with king five suited. Okay. <laughs> Let me write this down. UTG opens mm-hmm. and you're in the small blind, you flat, right? Yeah. Okay. 
So the button opens and you're in the big blind. Mm -hmm. It's a value three bet. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he makes it, let's say we're playing a five ten no limit. Okay. Good game. Yeah. He makes a 25. Okay. At the win, you're not allowed to open with fives. But this this is the Bellagio. Sure. Okay. And I like that rule. Now <laughs> we're in the big blind, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say we are $2,000 deep. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. So now we're in the big blind. We make it 75 for value, right? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. Uh, but we're only, okay, um, 85. No. Uh, 60? No. Why? What? I would, be, I would be between 100 and 125. 125? Yeah. Oh, my God. And why is that, Bert? <laughs> <laughs> For all the things I just said, you have a hand that it's, its number one property is showdown value, so it needs to realize its equity. It's polarizing in nature. Uh, so, like, hands like ace-king off, ace-queen off, you don't have to three bet them always, but when you do, you need to go large mm. and you need to fit it with other hands. But if we go so big, how do we get called by worse? What do you mean? There's he's on the button getting laid a price. Uh huh. He's going to call with worse. But if we lay him a better price, wouldn't he call with worse? Worse? Yeah, but then SPR is high, and we don't get to realize our equity at the same mm. frequency. It almost feels like you've thought about this. Maybe once or twice. <laughs> okay. Okay. So one twenty-five because the polarizing with the not polarizing hand. It's. Not not a polarizing hand. Okay, but it's not and like... And polarizes is fine. But it's not like a value hand. It's like a middle hand. There's no such thing as... Stop looking at me like Because you're making up <laughs> words. There's no such thing as value before the river. You just have a spectrum of equity. Ace-queen mm. is a very high equity hand. Uh, so it's on, the, it's on the high equity raise for more uh, money in the pot with high equity hand. Yeah, that's what we like to do in poker. Okay, we got it. Okay, so... All right, so we raise with a lot of equity... And we made it 125 because we're trying to decrease the SPR going to the flop. Right. Okay, but now he made it 325. Okay. Now I'm scared. Now I don't know because you told me to put in more money, but I didn't have a plan for this. Well, he made it 325. Should have had a plan for it. So I should just fold because because if you don't have a plan, you should fold for sure. Well, look because in the game of who's putting in more money with the higher equity, he's saying he has a good hand. Sure. And um. I don't know if my hand is worth $325. Ace-Queen's not worth $325. I don't think you need to call the $325 ever. Mm. I think you can make it like $700 with a range, and it doesn't need to include Ace-King. It could just be like Jacks plus Ace-King. and that's Or sorry, it doesn't need to include Ace-Queen. Mm. It could just be like Jacks plus Ace-King, and that's totally fine. So we're just value raise for? Uh, There's no such four. thing as value. We're just tightening up our equity versus a tight range. So we're tightening up our equity. This kid thinks he's funny. I like this game. Uh huh. I'm sure you do. <laughs> so now, what do we do with tens? I'm just kidding. I went. Uh, I would have three bet smaller with tens. Oh, because that's a different equity spectrum. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I mean, you don't necessarily have to three bet smaller with tens, but if if I'm three betting, let's put it this way: if I'm three betting wider than tens, so if I have okay. hands like king queen, uh, queen jack suited, tens nines. If I have all of those hands, then I'm going to have two sizes. Okay, so one is like a big size and one is like a small size. Yeah, not necessarily small, but closer to your initial inclination of like 75. Mm. So the 75 is the king-queen suited size. You can't qualify it as a hand. It's I'm king, representing the public right king, queen, now. Okay? Suited, I am the king, public queen, lawyer, suited. all right? And you have to help me, okay? okay? The smaller size will be a linear range. So it'll be... Like ace-queen off. No, like ace queen suited. Mm, but ace queen suited is better. Would we want to put more money with the better one? No, because it doesn't need the same denial properties. Okay, okay. It performs well after the flop. It realizes equity at a much greater frequency, mm -hmm. right? Ace queen suited will over realize compared to ace queen off. Got it. Okay, so because you ace can... king off, ace queen off, queens, kings, they fit the bigger size mm -hmm. very nicely. Okay. Nines, tens, jacks. King queen suited, ace queen suited, ace king suited, and aces fit the smaller size nicely. Because they hit harder. They just realize their equity better. They they get to showdown more frequently. So they they don't get blown off. Right. Okay. So now the flop comes. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's say uh we didn't get four bit. We just we just made it 125 and he called. 
with his with his why are we doing with this? his hand? because the people wanted this okay uh, they get a little section like give the people a little 20 minutes of your time Berkey. like i know you charge i know you charge like 500 dollars, you know for 30 minutes but like the people here they tuned in they're invested they're setting up the patreon account as we speak let's get the little board of uh of uh jack nine three Burke. The, sure. the jack nine three rainbow mm -hmm. the jack of spades we have the ace of spade are we suited or not now nah, we got the offsuit. You you told me to make it 125. Now a very innocuous Jack Nine Three board comes out. Now what do we do? I feel like I, I don't want to give up. I don't. What should I give up? I I think betting and checking are both fine. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think this hand performs very well through a check call, but most people aren't going to feel comfortable taking that strategy. So I check call. I personally would be checking a lot on this texture and calling a lot yes but i think that because he could be bluffing right yeah with like king 10 king 10 king queen queen 10 okay ace high so we're bluff catching suited connectors there's a lot of hands he can start going off with okay 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 cool okay all right let's change the board one more time so it's king nine three okay check call right because he could be bluffing with jack 10 and queen jack and you could. Uh, I think it still does okay through a check call, but I think you have more bets in your range as a whole. Uh, this is more of a range bet board. So, like, I would be more inclined to bet small, I think. Uh, we'd put a lot more pressure on pocket pairs on this texture. So, we went from uh, the bet big pre to the bet small, mm -hmm. and then the sometimes check call. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what the fuck? Poker's easy, man. Okay. Okay. Poker's okay. Super easy. Okay. So, next week... We'll get to the turn. Okay, cool. Okay? Sure. So right now I have the breakdown of ace-queen. This is going to be a segment, ace-queen only. Uh-huh. If you are facing LP and you are the BB, make it 5x. Mm -hmm. On jack-9-3, check call because he could be bluffing. But you don't, you don't want to check fold. Look, I, I don't want this to turn into I'm going to go do this. Just think about the fucking spot, man. This is the spots? Yeah, think about it. You don't just get to say, like, oh, Berkey said to check call. That's not a thing. Tighten up. Have a strategy. Tighten up equity. The way you develop a strategy is not to examine a formation and say, oh, what would I do on this board? What would I do on this board? What would I do? That, that's not how it works, man. Mm -hmm. You have to zoom out and you have to say, what are the incentives of my range given texture X, Y, and Z? And then you follow those incentives and then you look and see like what hands don't fit those incentives very well. Like, oh, well, top set doesn't fit that incentive very well or over pairs don't fit that incentive very well. So we'll do something slightly different, which means we'll have to fit some hands of low equity in that region as well. It's all about balance. If you're out there and you have a real time solver, <laughs> hit me up. I'm looking. I'm on the market. I'm in the market for the real time solver. Okay, because I don't know, 5x, tighten up equity range, uh, sometimes flat, jack 9 3, check call, bet king 9 3, sometimes. All right. Next week, ace jack offsuit. <laughs> okay. Just fold. Just fold. Everybody just play tight. Stay tight. All right, Burke. So I will, uh, Continue the show now to another topic. Let's talk about homeschool. We've gone now to week number three. What do you feel is different from the last homeschool to this homeschool? What are you teaching? How do you feel like you've improved as a coach, as a teacher, as a poker player, as a human, and as a man? Sure, that's a lot. Um, <clears throat> I think it is a little bit different this time around, mainly by happenstance. Uh, Hunt has been doing a lot of work with uh, like aggregate solves and, um, you know, effectively like, uh, Brian Roy, one of our students developed a real time solve. No, no. But like, basically he organized a bunch of data mm. into, uh, a distribution curve that demonstrated like how much advantage the preflop razor has versus, uh, or, or actually maybe it was by position out of position versus in position. Um, and it was any two cards versus any two cards. So it kind of like 
gave a distribution of how all flop subsets impact these two ranges. And it was a good way of visually demonstrating how range advantage works, both in accordance to position as well in accordance to flop texture. And from there, Hunt just kind of like went nuts. And he's been digging through all this data and kind of demonstrating a lot uh, behind like range advantage, behind, um, you know, equity realization properties. And all of that has been concentrated into the labs that he's been doing, which has been really helpful because the main crux of what uh, I put a lot of work into for both homeschools is the idea of the capitalization model. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's unique to us, but I haven't seen it or heard it anywhere else, but effectively, like, if you think of it as a Venn diagram, equity realization is a byproduct of capitalization, but doesn't necessarily have to occur through aggressive methods. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's an overlap between betting and realizing your equity. Uh, but you can also just like realize your equity through other methodologies. The square and the rectangle game. No. Okay. No. Uh, kind of, yes, but not entirely. Um, and you know, secondarily, polarization is a byproduct of capitalization and almost never uh, of realization. So going from a passive action to a polarizing action doesn't really occur in strategy very often. So what Hunt's been working on has kind of illuminated like why that's true. And most of it is just founded in advantage in realization properties, over-realizing, under-realizing, things of that nature. Um, what it's saying, what, it, what it's dictating in layman's terms is it's very difficult to be uh, the passive actor who suddenly chooses a polarizing bet size. So like what you won't see happen very often, there's probably like some unique situations where it can occur or it occurs very well through an exploit. But like what you won't really see is somebody check call a flop and then lead for pot on the turn. It's just like yeah. kind of not, yeah, a thing. not a thing. So that's like a good example of like shifting from realization to polarization. So, uh, you know, I basically developed this model to demonstrate like how it could be a two way transfer between realization, capitalization, capitalization, and realization, right. Um, uh, effectively saying that, you know, we can basically go from passive to aggressive or aggressive to passive, but it has to happen in a sequential way where you will see people check call and then lead third pot. That's reasonable. All right. I guess that's the show. That's the show. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it. I will uh, wrap it up here. It's been roughly an hour. And, uh, and with that said, it's a wrap.